Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you'll learn from the experiences of America's most innovative and successful farmers as they shorten your learning curve, increase your yield, ROI, and profit. This episode of Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Sylvius Financial, the company that offers customized risk management solutions for your farming operation. Sylvius Financial integrates crop insurance with government programs and grain and cattle marketing to achieve profitability for your farm. And now, here is your host, Damian Mason. Greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. It's me, Damian Mason, with a topic today that every person that's in production agriculture needs to know. It's about crop insurance. You know, crop insurance has proliferated. I, I mean, there was a time when there wasn't really much crop insurance, almost nobody even insured. Uh, and of course, that's all changed. Now, if you don't use crop insurance, you probably are making a mistake, uh, but that's a decision that you can make. Um we're talking about the four things you should know, four things you should know before purchasing crop insurance to cover your agricultural enterprise. With me are two individuals from Silvis Financial. Silvis Financial is a company that seeks to integrate crop insurance with government programs within the marketing of your cattle or crop product. In other words, they're taking all these things that you look at as revenue. And if you don't look at those revenues, you should. Crop insurance, government programs, and the actual marketing of the product you produce. That's what Sylvia's Financial does. And they're specifically these guys today. That's Bryce, if you're watching, the young guy that's joining us, and uh, his superior, Jared, the CEO of uh, Sylvia's Financial. Bryce is an advisor with Sylvia's Financial, and Jared is the CEO. They're going to talk to us about the four things you should know before you go around purchasing crop insurance. Welcome to this program, Bryce and Jared. Thank you for having us. All right. Everybody and their sister sells crop insurance. If I put the word out, the, there'd be people driving down my driveway to sell me crop insurance. Let's face it. Everybody and sister sells crop insurance. But you're telling me, hey, fine. Everybody sells it. We're the company that integrates it with the other aspects of revenue on your farm. And also, whether you buy from us or not, we want you to know these four things. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. All right, Jared, give me number one. Number one, you told me when we started this is about being overinsured and being underinsured. And before we started recording this, you told me to write that down. So I did. Number one thing you should know before you purchase crop insurance, underinsured, overinsured. What's the problem with being overinsured? It just means that then I'm definitely protecting myself, right? Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, you're overprotected. Um Best way is that a bad thing? Is that a bad thing in an era right now where they tell you to wear two masks, be double vaccinated, triple boosted, <laughs> wear two masks, and also uh, stand 20 feet away from grandma at the holiday party? It's not bad to be overprotected, is it? No, I guess if you have the pockets to pay for it, okay, we so all have the pockets to pay for it. So, in farming as a business, the problem with being overinsured is that you're also overspending. Is that what I'm gathering? Absolutely. Yeah. We're sitting here with great corn prices, great soybean, cotton, wheat, you name it. We've got good prices, but we also got higher inputs. Um, as well as what are we trying to do? We're trying to maximize profitability um, so that the farm can continue another year. Or I'd like to hear you say a decade or a century. That's right. Um, and so why don't we just use what we have wisely? 
Um, and a lot of times we can see that guys are overinsured um, or underinsured, um, really not having adequate protection for, for what they're trying to achieve with their insurance. If I'm overinsured, uh, and you can give me an example of this, uh, it means I'm paying more in premium than I need, um, but I'm doing it probably because I either uh, am scared or I don't know any better. Am I right? Yeah, I would lean towards scared, but I'd also lean towards maybe I just don't know any better. Um, the reason I picked that one out, um, I have a customer in Georgia um, where we were talking, going through his crop insurance, and he had he had an 80% policy, and um, which is nothing is wrong with an 80% policy. Um, just because I'm saying 80 is overinsured, that was in this very instant for this customer in this crop. Um, but for him, we looked at the numbers, we did the math, and what we did was we just said, hey, let's take my bias out of it. Let's look at how is that 80% policy performed or how has it acted over the last 10 years? Um, and what we saw was the 80% over the last 10 years, it, has, it had not helped him at all. Um, he has yet to need any bit of that coverage. And so we actually backed it off and looked at a 70. Yeah. A 70% 70 policy was going to save him about $15. And what it did for him, though, was it backed off and that cost savings, he was able to put into other crop marketing, but it also provided him the true protection that he needed to give him the guarantee that he needed to continue farming. We always say here at Cutting the Curve that if you give us a little, few minutes of your time and listen to what we're saying here in these videos and audio recordings the Extreme Ag puts on for Cutting the Curve, if you just give it a few minutes, we're going to shorten your learning curve by days, weeks, months, years. I think crop insurance is one of those things, Jared, that we really can deliver on that pretty promptly because while everybody and their sister knows that there's insurance packages out there, some of the fundamental errors we're making aren't even that um, uh, hard to, to grasp. It's just that you haven't thought about it. And here's a real simple one in, in when, you, when you're talking about it. Let's just say if I'm worth millions of dollars uh, and I got a car out here that's worth 20 grand and I've got a $500 deductible on it. A smart person might say, Hey, you've got millions of dollars. You know, you could save $300 a year on your insurance premium by backing that off to a $1,000 deductible. Cause the reality is you're worth a whole bunch of money and you have it in case you should wreck the car. But more importantly, you haven't had an insurance claim or a wreck for seven years. It's kind of what you're just saying right there on being overinsured. Am I right? Yeah, in this instance, that was very much um, the case of, man, he has just grown really good crops. And his financial there, position, his financial position's okay. His financial position was okay. Um, his financial position looked at it and said, you know what? A 70 is truly what provides me adequate coverage. Oh, and by the way, I get to stick 15 bucks an acre back in your pocket. 
Bryce, underinsured. Uh, we just talked a lot about being overinsured because we're essentially paying for more premium, or paying more premium for more coverage than we actually need, or than than our history would look at, or whatever. Why are people underinsured? Is it because they don't want to spend the money on the premium period, or because they don't value what things are worth? Why are people underinsured? I think kind of like what Jared hit on too, people just don't really know. They don't know what is the adequate level to be insured at. And that's kind of where, why we kind of come into play where we can kind of show them that and be like, okay, if you're 65% covered here, this is how much risk you have. Do you like that? Does that help you sleep at night? Or do we need to look at a 75 or 80% level to make you more comfortable? I feel like the biggest thing is people don't even know how much risk they really do have out there on the table. Yeah. So uh, when you sit down with a client, you come to my farming operation and then we go through some of my numbers, you look around and then you say, you're underinsured, right? Maybe so. Yeah, I think, you know, we're going to look at it and go, whether you're under or overinsured, let's look at the gamut of products and see how would they have done over the last 10 years? which products would have worked best for you over the last 10 years and really take a look and dive into, man, let's forget what they're costing and let's just see what works. And then let's understand what we're getting. Okay. When you're underinsured also, uh, what's the, the worst case scenario is uh, I have, I have a claim. I've got uh, tornadoes, hail, wind, uh, fire, locusts, whatever came through and shredded me and then i'm not adequately covered now i'm now i'm either going to have to go and plead with the bank to be covered uh hope that a government program comes along what is what is my what is my recourse right your course is shared. you go from a really good looking year maybe i was looking at 250 corn and hailstorm comes through and i've got 100 bushel corn and now i'm missing 150 bushels at $5 a bushel, let's just say, man, that cash has to come from somewhere. Yeah. And if you're not insured properly, you're probably right. I'm begging the bank to carry me another year. Four things you should know before buying crop insurance. So we just said you're either overinsured or you're underinsured. So what's the, hey, I'm looking, I'm a little bear here. What is it? The little Goldilocks. I want the porridge to not be too hot, not to be too cold, right? So what's the right thing do I need to know to keep being over or underinsured, Bryce? Just knowing where you're at in the financial state and knowing your risk. I feel like that is the biggest thing is knowing your risk and are you comfortable with that? Are you okay with that much risk on the table or say, or if you have other businesses and other avenues of profitability and you're having other money come in, maybe you are okay with having a little bit more risk on the table because that is not your whole livelihood, but just knowing where your risk tolerance really lies. Got it. Okay. Four things you know should before you should know before buying crop insurance. Number one was being over. Are you overinsured or are you over underinsured? Number two, do you integrate other programs into how you view your insurance? And we're talking about their government programs, which again is Sylvia's Financial's value proposition that you are not just looking at one thing, you're looking at the entire ball of wax, the entire scope of revenue from marketing the crop, marketing the crop 
to uh, government programs to crop insurance. Do you integrate other programs into how you view your crop insurance? That was one of the mistakes that you think that some people do make and something you should know before buying crop insurance. Talk to me. Yeah, um, man, what we, we've been, USDA has provided um, ag producers a lot of options to manage, to manage risk through programs at FSA, whether that be ARC or PLC, or whether they're through RMA and through crop insurance. Uh, we've got RP and YP, and we've got all of these different add-ons, and depending on which, they all kind of hinder back and forth. A uh, great example is, um, once again, another cotton producer um, in Georgia, um, because he had PLC at FSA, he was not able to have stacks. Um, but he did not understand all of the different rules. And he well, really you're, you're going to have to you're going to help me out here, Jared, because I'm not sure I understand either. Stacks and PLCs. Give me the give me the, what stacks. Yeah, so stacks is stacked income protection. It is a county level policy for cotton. And PLC is price loss coverage, mm -hmm. and it is through FSA. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is just a great example, Damien, that, man, we've got so many different things going on at different offices. Are we making sure that we are in the right programs at both offices that work for us? Yeah. So essentially, if I've got this stacks thing and uh, all these other things going on, uh, I may not need as much crop insurance just because I might have. Is that what I'm understanding here? I want to make sure. Or no, stacks well, is insurance. Stacks uh, is yeah, stacks is insurance. And I think, uh, you know, the question for the producer is, do I want to be um, do I want to have stacks on my cotton insurance or would I rather forego the stacks and have PLC at FSA? I see. And you can't have both or you can't have versions. You can't of have both. Can't I have can only both. have one. I see. Yep. And why would I, does it vary from, from commodity to commodity or from geography to geography? Why I wouldn't always defer with one or the other. Yeah, I think it'll vary from commodity or um, in this instance, stacks is only on cotton. So, um, but yeah, it would vary from commodity to commodity across the programs and across the insurance options. Um, and it'll also depend on which region you're in as well as the counties. So the point is, uh, if I'm gonna make a decision to buy crop insurance, I should sit down with my buddy Bryce here and I should say, uh, hey, I'm gonna buy crop insurance. And then I, I, want, I want to give you this much. Before you allow me to do that, you're going to say, no, we're going to integrate crop insurance with this, this, and this. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Yes, sir. Um, when you sit down with a client, Mr. Bryce, do you do just that? Do you, because I think one of the Sylvia's financial uh, offerings is that you say, I'm going to put this all on a spreadsheet right over here. I'm going to explain it to you. You know, I'm going to explain it to you where you must show you exactly what it is that you've got and what, what we're looking at. And that way you're making the right decision. Is that what I get? Yeah, we have a couple of softwares where we upload all of your actual production history. So we're looking at your numbers versus just the county averages. And we dial in your farm individually. And then we start to look at these different coverages. And it's more of a conversation. It's 
we try not to like dictate and tell you what you need to be buying, but just show you the different options and show you, okay, this is where we started. Do you like it better the way it looked then or now with this new coverage option that we're looking at? So kind of, we always go back to the client customer and ask how much risk do you want? And do you want to give yourself more upside or are you more worried about the downside risk? Just right. giving that option out there. We got two different sets of books too. We, the numbers we share with you versus the numbers we share with the banker. They're always different with the banker, right? We give them exaggerated revenue and de- and unexaggerated costs. So that way we can keep getting our loan. Isn't that how we do it? But then we give you the real numbers. Is that how it works? Bryce, you're not you're apparently not experienced enough to understand the two sets of books <laughs> here out here in production agriculture. Come on now. Where are you? No, I feel like definitely like what we always tell our clients too, the more you give us, the better, the more that we can help you. I mean, the cleaner that the data is that you gave us and you, we constantly are updating for you, the better and more accurate your profitability matrix is going to look. If you don't want to share everything and that's okay, but it's just not going to be accurate. We're not going to be looking at clean numbers. I understand. All right. I was being funny. I appreciate that your generation is not as humorous as people like Jared and I. We we still laugh at such things about fudging our numbers for the bank. Isn't that right, Jared? I mean, <laughs> let's face it. Hey, I've been out here running my own business for 28 years. There's there's been some fudge factor over the years. Uh, <laughs> it has to be. <laughs> Talk about the four things you should know before you purchase crop insurance. Number three, why are you doing what you're doing? And I mean, that sounds a little bit like what what? Talk to me. Why you? Why are you doing what you're doing? Now we're talking about with everything on the farm, or just as it pertains to crop insurance. There's probably a place on here after talking with some other people. Um, probably everything on the farm, um, but specifically, you know, today with crop insurance, um, I've got countless stories of, uh, well, Mr. Farmer, why why do you have that policy? Well. Um, I went into my guy last year and he said, well, what do you want to do? I don't know. You want to do what you did last year? That sounds good. Um, and so there's <laughs> just this, um, this non-decision. I just don't want to deal with crop insurance. Maybe I don't know enough about it. The bank, once again, we get to the banks. The bank requires me to at least carry X, Y, and Z. Yep. And I just continue to move on. And I never put in the research to really realize, wow, I am doing this because this actually could work for me or this is what I need. Um, and so that's just a common um, comment we get is we just do it because that's what we've done. Yeah. So Bryce, uh, uh, teeing off of what Jared just talked about, why are you doing what you're doing? It seems to me that sometimes it's yeah, the bank makes me. Well, because the neighbor did. Uh, what What is your, why are, why are some of these operators doing what they're doing? Or when you ask them, why are you doing what they're doing? What's the answer you get? I feel like that a lot of them, they're just buying crop insurance to buy crop insurance. They don't necessarily know what they're buying or what revenue protection they're buying or yield protection or whatever they're buying. They don't know exactly what that product does for them, but they know that they need to have it in some capacity and don't really know all the fine print and what that product actually does for them. So when you have a client that's uh, like that, where do you begin? You sit down and say, well, let's start again with the numbers and then what? 
start with a basic explain what revenue protection does for your farm and versus yield protection just kind of go through all of the different coverages that they can purchase just to make sure that they're kind of open and they know about is what products are actually available for them is there anything else on that topic jared of why are you doing what you're doing no, I think just dive in and really understand what you're buying and what's available. I got to be honest with you. Uh, I've been out here running my own enterprise for 28 years. I still have people that look me up and they want me to help them with some of their business stuff. And then I ask them the question, why are you doing what you're doing? So this is not specific to crop insurance. I've had that question before about why you're doing what you're doing. All right. So we've answered, we've addressed the questions of four things you should know before buying crop insurance. Number one, are you overinsured or are you underinsured? That's a big thing right there. Do you integrate other programs into how you view crop insurance? And then we just addressed, why are you doing what you are doing? Because a lot of times folks are going through the motions and they haven't really thought through this thing in the bigger scheme of what they're trying to accomplish with their business objective. Fourth thing, do you know your actual production history? Bryce, you're the one that brought this up. So talk to me here. Do you know your actual production history? You're, you sit down with a crop insurance uh, client and you ask that question, right? Yeah, I feel like that's where we kind of get started. I mean, are you, where, where are you at? How do you perform versus the county and kind of go from there? I mean, because that's more, if you're going to be more focused on revenue protection, your personal, or if you're the guy, Bryce, I go out there and I outgrow the county every single year and I have good yields year in and year out, then maybe we need to look at supplemental coverage option and SCO or like what Jared was talking about, a stacks option on cotton. If you're constantly out yielding your APH, then maybe we need to look at a county-based coverage versus an individual coverage. So it just kind of depends on what your situation is so you can find the right tool for you to use. And when you talk about know your actual production history, Jared, we're just talking about output. We're just talking about bushels, pounds, gallons, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of like walking into uh, car insurance and saying, I need insurance. Well, how much is your car worth? I don't know. Um, so where do you start if you don't know what you're producing or what your uh, APH is? Uh, your APH is just, it is your 10-year average. Um, through crop insurance with a few bells and whistles, but um, that is an asset, if you will. Your APH is an asset that crop insurance is based off of. And so uh, just to know what that is, um, is very valuable in now what does insurance do for you? Bryce, anything else on topic number four, four things you should know before buying crop insurance? Do you know your actual production history? It's not hard to ascertain this, right? I mean, you, you should have this, you should know your records, you should know what you made uh, per acre, per farm, per everything, per commodity, yeah. right? Yep. And you can just reach out to your insurance provider and they should be able to get that for you. And as well, it's, it's updated every year. So coming up here in January, you'll be able to reach out and get your most updated APH with your 2021 production on it. So then we just keep on updating every year because your APH will change year in and year out. So. Uh, is there any, is there any, is there anything that is, is there something I'm missing here? Because that seems like the easiest one of all of them. That seems like the easiest one to, to come up with. No, you're not missing anything. I think this is just, once again, insurance has a bad rap mm -hmm. and really who enjoys going and sitting down with their insurance guy and talking about more insurance. Yeah. Not um, 
none of us do, but in reality, uh, especially with crop insurance, we're missing out on a very important piece um, that it could provide for, you know, our farm's stability. Yeah, I, I'd say that that's the big picture here is that uh, it's it's that you're not really selling insurance, you're selling uh, you're selling you're selling protection, you're selling uh, you're selling long term horizon, you're selling uh, generational legacy, you're selling uh, you know the ability to, to stay in the business that you want to stay in. That's really what we're talking about. It's uh, it's important to always talk. It's the old thing of you don't buy the product for the product, you buy the product for the product of the product you know the guy that goes into the hardware store and looking for a drill bit doesn't want a drill bit he wants a hole uh i don't buy crop insurance because i necessarily am enamored with crop insurance i buy it to protect my livelihood and my business interest right absolutely yeah business interest and longevity <clears throat> all right let's go through here last things uh four things you know before you you should know before you buy crop insurance about being overinsured or underinsured. So to make sure that I have the right Goldilocks broth temperature, how do I make sure that I'm not over or underinsured? Know your numbers, Jared. Uh, Know what you're buying. Do you integrate other programs into how you view crop insurance? Uh, If I'm not doing that as well as I should, what's step number one is uh, meet with the FSA, meet with Sylvia's Financial, look at the big picture. What am I doing? What am I doing here to make sure that I do integrate all my programs? Yeah, I'll go again. Uh, Man, I just want to make sure I know what is available. I want to know what's out there. And I want to make sure I know a group that knows all of the rules and regs and um, what can go with what, and what is it going to do for my farm? Asking why am I doing what I'm doing uh, on my farming operation? This almost verges on uh, insulting, and I can see where people would take this the wrong way. So when uh, you ask why are you doing what you're doing, uh, how, how do we make sure that we uh, handle that correctly? I'm just going to ask myself the question. That's the biggest thing I ask a producer is. Just if you're if you are asking that question, I think that's a great place to start to realize why am I doing this and is it going to work for me this next year? I think, I think big, very important. Big picture on me on that question would be looking at why am I doing what am I doing? It'd be what's the objective? Uh, what's the financial objective? What is the actual thing I expect to come from this? You know, if I go to the gym and do a certain exercise, what is the actual outcome I expect from doing that? That's how I would look at that question. All right. Last for my buddy, Bryce, do you know your actual production history output? Now, surely, surely every person you've ever sat down with knows this, don't they? Some do, some don't. And this is just kind of where the foundation is. I mean, once we kind of get an idea of what your yields are and your yield history is, we can kind of start to plug in stuff and kind of find products that fit your needs versus just guessing and going off county averages because every farm is different. Yeah. And this matters because then uh, we're making sure that we have the right coverage in place to cover what you actually need to replace in case the, the tornado comes through, right? Yes, sir. Got it. His name is Bryce Goose. 
joined by Jared Clark. They are with Sylvia's Financial. If you have crop insurance questions, or more importantly, if your farming operation could benefit from looking at things from the big picture of integrating crop insurance with government programs with also then how you market your cattle or crop output, because that's what this company does. They integrate all those things. They can give it to you in a very uh, in a very easy to understand uh, numbers that are, are based on your farming operations. That's what they do. So the question we asked about today was four things you should know before you purchase crop insurance. Crop insurance is one of the uh, legs of the stool that uh, guarantees the revenue for your farming operations. So you'll have your farming operation will be in operation next year, next decade, and maybe even a century from now for your legacy to carry on. Uh, Bryce, if they want to find you, how do they go about doing that? Where do we find Sylvia's Financial? Um, Sylvia'sFinancial.com. And then you can also reach out on our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, pretty much all, all socials. We're there. So just feel free to reach out with your questions. Got it. All right. Thank you for being here. Again, if you give us a few minutes of your time at Cutting the Curve, we will shorten your learning curve. We're talking about revenue protection. We're talking about making sure your farming operation has what it needs to stay around for the long haul. Thank you, Jared and Bryce, for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time, it's uh, Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve, and I'm Damian Mason. That's a wrap for this edition of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, brought to you by Sylvius Financial. Sylvius advisors show business-minded farmers how to integrate government programs with crop insurance, as well as crop and cattle marketing to achieve positive financial outcomes. Learn more at sylviusfinancial.com.